2: Get cute this morning Sweeter than a morning snack Guess who would like some brew Oh, I make that coffee black with a little cream (laughs) Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show The Great Reality with Tony J Good morning Bruce H Hey Marv R Howdy, howdy And this week, Denver W Good morning Who needs
3: sugar and
2: this morning, I'm snazzy as a Cadillac I'm up, so grab your cup And let's have coffee Lots of coffee, shots of coffee Pots Lots of, of coffee. coffee Oh yeah, I make that coffee That's right Well, welcome uh, welcome back to the show After two weeks uh, Tony was sick uh, for so it was three weeks for her Tony was sick one week And then sick for two weeks mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're, we're all All of us are all better or not um, If you if you're listening to this show and you've experienced what a lot of us have experienced, this thing is holding on for dear life.
0: It's awful. It took me forever. Yeah. To get over
2: it. Yeah. Are you over it now? Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. Denver, you still got it?
3: Oh, I still got a little bit of it. Right. But, I, but I'm on the downhill side, I believe. Right.
2: The, right.
0: Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be
3: uphill side? I. You know what? Not for Denver. Denver Denver's going standing. down. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a pinnacle. So. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Bruce, Bruce, have you
2: have you missed dodge the bullet with this sickness? I have. Yeah, you've been fortunate. Mm -hmm. You're lucky. Marv, how you doing? How you feeling physically?
1: Fine. Yeah,
0: chipper.
2: (laughs) He (laughs) says
1: it's it's not for him to know.
2: (laughs) That's right.
0: But I did remember. I just I left the coffee pot out there.
2: (laughs) Well. If you want more coffee, you'll have to go Mm -hmm. get it. Uh, So, uh, yeah. So, for those of you who have been suffering along with this whatever it is that is from coast to coast, it is uh, uh, really gucky. Our hearts go out to you. Um, I discovered something, and I know a lot of you have used it before, Mm -hmm. called Simply Saline. And it's a spray Mm -hmm. by Arm & Hammer. That you just spray up one nostril and let it drain out the other nostril. Oh, that's enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Like the Petty Pot. I watched the commercials. I'm like, oh.
2: Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm. let me tell you, it's amazing. I had this sinus headache that I could barely drive. It hurt so bad. And I used that stuff, and it was gone within five minutes.
0: Yeah. I hate having water up my nose, let alone put something up. No spray is one thing, because... You don't see all the gross stuff come out.
2: The drug addict said well, years later <laughs> I <Warning> am for cold. <laughs> 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 That's probably
1: why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> so uh um, Miss Norton cocaine <laughs> twenty years and now she's gonna talk about I don't like nothing of my, my nose. Nothing of my nose. <gasps> no.
0: <gasps> years ago though, I oh, it's hard to talk and look at you. So I'm just gonna point. Um, I saw this guy and I don't, I don't even know what type of show it was, but he put in like a thing up his nose at like a wash rag, and then it came out through the other side, it was nasty.
2: What was that sound? There it goes know. again. We're having the same trouble we had before. There we go. Okay, I,
3: know,
2: a... I, Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. I should
0: never tell a story
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen that You've seen before, that? yeah, and it's weird, it's very weird. So, um, okay, I. Listen, I've got I've got to bring this up because it is just so bizarre. First of all, our topic uh, for this show is emotional sobriety, uh, being emotionally sober, and uh, we're going to talk about Meyer's definition of emotional sobriety and uh, and, and what that entails. Um, but let me just say that recently a whole group of people from UCLA have certainly displayed the inability to understand or comprehend emotional sobriety. And this is what they're declaring. And I don't know if any of you have seen this in the news or any of the listeners have seen this in the news. I don't care what your political flavor is. Anybody with any kind of common sense at all has got to just consider this bizarre behavior. Because there is a large group of people um, particularly male who have made the statement that Donald Trump is raping America they have decided that they are going to form a pact and have their genitals removed in front of the White House in protest
3: (laughs) my goodness
0: See that
2: because they they don't they feel oh that, that that's god. a symbol symbolizing that we will not take part in the rape of america
0: oh my god now somebody I think
2: it's a great somebody tell me Sorry. what I, I i i'm just at a total loss i'm like are I, I, I could not believe what i was reading
0: and this is a true story
2: oh yeah
3: oh and and when is this taking place
2: I don't know, but I, I, uh, I'm not going to, to buy tickets.
3: I,
0: know. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm the only girl in the room. Though, so that's probably why I'm laughing. Yeah. Oh, no, it's
4: funny.
2: <laughs> I thought I, I thought I'd heard it all. I really did. <laughs> um, but just like so many are going to move to Canada, Donald Trump gets elected. And of course they're not moving to Canada. Uh, and Canada, by the way, saying everybody come. We're, now they're saying no, go away. Uh-huh. Uh, it just amazes me at people's mentality, and, and I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Come on, you want to talk about not being emotionally sober? You know, if you're letting other people's behavior cause you to bring physical harm to yourself, in, in your—that's the way you're going to protest. This goes beyond burning bras and sitting on an American flag and eating your lunch. And I mean this is just absolutely wackadoodle to the extreme. And uh you've got some serious mental issues if this is what you're thinking about doing.
0: Do they actually have a date for it?
2: Yeah, you'll have to look it up. I didn't I didn't <laughs> well, they do? I I don't oh just God. Google it. Um yeah, it's bizarre. And then there's a couple of comedians. I will not mention their names because I'm not gonna give them the the credit. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna do that. It it's it's ridiculous. Who are calling for during their comedy routine teen, uh and not in a comedic way, in a very serious tone, for the assassination of the current president. And I'm like, what is wrong what? So I thought, you know, in the spirit of emotional sobriety, um these people are definitely intoxicated <laughs> emotionally. I don't know what they Uh are. yeah, so uh, just just the bizarre behavior that goes on in our world uh really is really nothing new. Bizarre behavior like this is, has been going on for centuries. It just it just is screaming <clears throat> louder than it has in a very long time. Um But the whole remove, you know, I'm going to castrate myself in front of the White House in protest of the rape of America. Come on. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I could not. (laughs) Somebody, (laughs) somebody, somebody get a grip. (laughs) Somebody get a grip. I need to get my fluff machine. And that's my statement about all that. Uh, anyway, moving on, moving right along. <laughs> How, how's your week been, Denver?
3: You know, I'm uh, recouping from this cold. you got to get
2: that closer to you, bud.
3: Hi. Uh, I'm recouping from uh, this week at the center where I'm at. Everybody seems to have the crud. Uh, like I said, I think I'm probably on the mend, but I'm still a little bit uh, nasal with an Oklahoma accent, I'm told. But other than that, I'm doing pretty fair today. Got a little cough, uh, castration, emotional sobriety. That <laughs> boom <laughs> didn't see it coming. So I'm going to digest for a second.
2: So, so Denver uh, is an intern out at the Adult and Teen Child Center. Yes, sir. And it, uh, primarily under the Education Department, which I'm the director of, and so. Uh, I have to I have just give him kudos. It, it, without Denver's help, it would be a whole lot harder to do the job I do. Uh, and uh, so he has uh, voiced uh, some desire to, to take part in some of our radio broadcasts. So you're going to be hearing more from Denver in the future. Um, but but he's, he's here today. Yeah. Thank you, Denver, for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, this will be your second show. Correct. Done with I, us.
3: I bombed out on the wolf trivia. The other day. Wolf so trivia. I'm a little sad. Denver's last name
2: is Wolf. W O L F E.
3: Wolf life ex- E. Their life expectancy was really sad. I know.
2: Yeah, they, they are. We did wolf trivia, and the, I guess the life expectancy of a wolf in the wild today oh,
3: yeah, six years. Right
2: here, right? Yeah, six, eight years max. Not good. Yeah, not good. Not good. Tony.
3: Hi.
2: Tony, how's your week been?
3: Good.
2: She hesitates. (laughs) Have you been emotionally sober?
0: Praying and journaling.
2: Praying and journaling Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Bruce, how you been, buddy?
1: I got sober to enter back into this nonsense.
2: Yes, he did.
1: (laughs) This, you know, I mean, like, so we get sober and this, it just doesn't stop. Mm -mm. The craziness? The craziness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, Absolutely see, bizarre. And we, so we're. It's really important that uh, <laughs> that we have Christ I'll tell you. This. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Think about it. You know, yeah. We didn't have our faith, and, and this madness. This is crazy. Yeah. And they want me to live in this. <clears throat> yeah. So that's pure why, insanity. Yeah. That's why our hope is not here. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen
2: to that. You have any horse wisdom to give us, Marv, (laughs) in this crazy world of bizarre behavior? Uh, I'm going to have to think that
5: over. Okay, we'll (laughs) we'll think on that.
2: (laughs) He
1: told me you couldn't get out of town without a horse.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, good morning, Marv. Good morning. You're looking you're looking dapper today.
5: Oh, thank you.
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
5: I do want to say a couple of things. Yes, go right ahead. It occurred to me while you were talking about this insaneness that's going to happen at the White House. Yeah. Um, Second Thessalonians, doesn't it say in there that people will be, uh, this is my wording, not what the scripture says, but basically turned over to their own devices.
2: Yes. Yes. That they
5: will, uh, stuff like that's going to happen. Yeah. And the other part of it's in Romans and a couple other places. But, you know, who's in charge of the government? Right. Who put Trump in there? Yeah. And uh, so in my mind, uh, no matter what is coming down the pike, I have to believe that God's in control. God's got our back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does. And I don't care who, who got elected in November. God still had our back. Has That's our right. back That's and right. continues to have our yeah.
1: back.
2: You know, where's your trust? Then yeah. we did a show on it called "Election Distraction," mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and uh, you know where where are we getting distracted? It doesn't matter who who gets elected. God's God. It's like the people that complain that God's been kicked out of school. God doesn't leave anywhere he doesn't want to leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's God. So, buck up, brother Buzz we we got, uh, we got lots, lots to do. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. And uh, the topic being emotional sobriety, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to get our first uh, little break here, our only little break here. And when we come back, we're going to play a little Take 12 trivia. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this.
3: When I got back from Iraq, I just couldn't shake the guilt that I came home and 34 other men did not. There isn't a drink or a drug out there that could touch that kind of pain. Believe me, I tried. But when I heard a Teen Challenge story on the radio, I finally decided to get help. This program did for me what nothing else seemed to be able to do. It gave me hope. Now it can finally move on
2: and live my life in a way that honors those who lost theirs. To locate a Teen Challenge Center near you or for more information, visit TeenChallengeUSA.com. And now. It's the quiz of the week.
4: (laughs) That's right, everybody. It's time for Take 12 Radio's Quiz of the Week. (laughs) Sponsored by that recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Laugh now. This is their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here's the Monty dance.
2: That's right. Thank you, Cecil. What are you laughing at?
0: You just looked at
2: each other and started laughing. Tony looked at Bruce, and Bruce looked at Tony, and Tony started laughing. All right, so uh, the quiz of the week, uh, of course, if you get it right, you get a little little (laughs) little horn. If you get it wrong, you get the fluff machine. All right, uh, this week, cow trivia, moo moo trivia. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeedy. And so, uh, Denver and Tony, are sharing a mic, so don't forget to scoot up to the microphone. Here is question number one. Um, are cows as innocent as they seem? Oh, yes? God. What kind or of Or no? Are cows as innocent as they seem? Are they as gentle and kind and loving as they portray themselves when you drive through the countryside?
0: I'm going to agree with whatever Bruce, uh, Marv said. What, Marv, Marv,
2: Marv, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. Don't think so? What do you think, Bruce? I don't think so either. Tony? I don't think so.
3: Denver? I have to go with Noah also. They size you up pretty regularly.
2: <laughs> yeah? Of
5: course, a lot of it has to do with the breed of cows. Mm-hmm. There's
3: different breeds?
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: What? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely different breeds. Well, you guys are all correct. Uh, your image of cows is probably similar to mine. Gentle. Placid animals looking at you with those large, soft cow eyes and contently chewing their cud. But a recent article published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported about 20 people per year are killed by cows in the United States. The cows actually attack humans, ramming them, knocking them down, goring them, trampling them, and kicking them in the head, resulting in fatal injuries to the head and chest. Yeah, If they feel threatened, they will come after you, particularly if they're protecting their young.
0: That makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you bet. All right, here's number number two. (laughs) Number two, a heifer is, and here are your choices. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Marv. (laughs) I actually
0: know this one, too, I think.
2: A heifer is a young female cow that hasn't had a calf yet. B, a heifer is a very fat cow, or C, a heifer is a bull that has been castrated. What do you think, Tony?
0: Oh, man. Now okay. I thought I knew it. I'm going to say A.
2: A heifer is a young female cow that hasn't had a calf yet. What do you say there, Denver?
3: Well, I've been around him and I'm going to have to go with Microphone. To, I've been around him, but I'd have to guess A also. I'm okay. Not.
2: Bruce? A. Marv? <laughs> a. Yes, you guys are all correct. It is A. A heifer is a young female cow that has not had a calf yet. A heifer is not a very fat cow. (laughs) So when you say, so-and-so's wife is a heifer, then you're you're wrong. Wrong. Um, Cows, okay, number three. Cows are missing what? Here are your choices. Upper front teeth. (laughs) 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 Lower front teeth. Or back or wisdom teeth. What are they missing? What do you say, Denver? Front teeth, back teeth, <laughs> or wisdom teeth?
3: I don't know. Uh, wisdom teeth.
2: Okay. What do you say there, Tony?
0: Um, the
1: back teeth. Back teeth, Bruce. Well, they got to chew all that stuff. I know. I wouldn't think that would. <laughs>
0: Marv,
2: no.
1: I have no clue. I, I just don't know. Okay, Marv, what do you think? Uh, back teeth.
2: Back teeth? Well, Wisdom.
1: Wisdom.
2: Actually, Uh-oh. it's upper front teeth. Cows hey. Cows don't bite because they have no upper front teeth. Instead, they have a thick, tough pad of skin on their top jaw. They curl their very large tongue around and grass, and that's how they feed and they chew their cud. So right in the front, there's no like upper mm upper front ones
1: yeah i would think they would have needed the back teeth to chew it
2: (laughs) all right here's your last one this is true or false i don't
0: know don't they throw it up to you we we know now
3: yeah
2: so cows hey my phone's ringing that's nice all right cows (laughs) this is true or false cows can detect odors up to five miles away what do you think denver (laughs) true
0: very
3: very true
0: Oh, wait, why are you so true on that? I
3: just am. I, I watch their noses twitch. I've been around
2: Can they detect orders up to five miles away, Tony? I
0: don't know about five miles. I'd say maybe half of that, so like 2.5. 2, but... 2.5?
2: What do you think, Bruce? Five miles? True or false? So
5: I don't know. <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't. Marv, no be.
5: other choices, huh? Nope. Hmm. I'm going to go along with that
2: yeah you are you'd be right Marv. they can actually uh oh. detect odors up to five miles <laughs> away yeah definitely wasn't
1: that fun yeah where do you get these ideas <laughs> you know as
5: no. much as i've been around cattle and stuff i yeah. never knew they didn't have any top. To i didn't know. either I, didn't
2: I guess i never looked <laughs> I, I never paid attention to him. Well, that doesn't work take twelve trivia uh, for this week. Yeah, no, I never, I never paid attention to that.
0: Next state fair, either. I'm gonna go look at the petting zoo. they like, because all something. the
2: cartoons and everything, you, then they go moo. You, they have teeth in front, but I, I've never. Now, now I really have to look at that. I mean, yeah, but they have
1: false teeth. False teeth.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <clears throat> what are you saying, Bruce? <laughs> Giving you some trivia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> He's like, you bring this stuff to us. And I, my goodness, man. I, I
3: do. <laughs> Careful,
0: he may be denture trivia
3: next week. I'm with Marv. I've been around cattle quite a bit, and I've never taken the time to actually look to see if they have front teeth. And now I've got to get out. <laughs> hey, now take a look. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Say, come here, cow. Come here. <laughs> Open your mouth. Yeah. Uh, Say cheese. Now, if we find one with front teeth, we're going to have, uh, well, we're gonna, I'm going to have to write that website and <laughs> tell them they're wrong. Okay, uh, this week's topic is emotional sobriety. Um, this comes uh, from uh, emotionalsobriety.org. Uh, emotional sobriety is a term that describes the more complex transformation a recovering addict makes beyond attaining physical sobriety. The latter refers to giving up drugs and alcohol, a highly challenging yet fairly straightforward pursuit. Achieving emotional sobriety is more complex because it involves the ability to feel and cope with emotions, particularly those attached to drug and alcohol use. As a defense mechanism, every human being is susceptible to an unconscious drive to protect themselves from painful realities. The difference between the general population and addicts is that the latter are very good at ignoring their feelings by masking them with drugs or alcohol. Being emotionally sober means getting in touch with your emotions, whether positive or negative, and allowing yourself to feel them. Emotional sobriety means something a little different to every person in recovery. However, it generally comes down to maintaining a healthy emotional balance. It means accepting reality as it is today, in the moment, and not dwelling on past regrets or future wishes. Achieving this involves learning how to leverage proper mechanisms to deal with emotions in a healthy way. If you achieve physical sobriety, but never work on taking control of your emotions, it is likely you will relapse. And uh, so to bring it down to very simplistic terms, this is the Monty Mann's definition of emotional sobriety and the definition of emotional dependency. Here it is. Emotional sobriety. The ability to be comfortable in your own skin, regardless of other people's behaviors or actions. Emotional dependency, the dependence of other people fulfilling one's expectations in order to be comfortable in one's own skin. So, having said that, um, it is very interesting to me that a lot of people stop using substances but never become emotionally sober they white knuckle it they go back to using, they go back to medicating because uh, first of all, first and foremost many do not uh, develop a healthy relationship with their creator and where I believe true the strength for true emotional sobriety comes from Because I can't muster it up on my own. Uh I don't have the ability to become emotionally sober. In other other words, to be comfortable in my own skin, regardless of what goes on around me, without the power of God in my life. Uh, At least that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. So emotional sobriety is something that I talk a lot about at the Adult Teen Challenge Center. I ask the students out there on a regular basis is that practicing emotional sobriety. Uh Denver had a guy come in, I guess, this morning, right? Tell us about the Penn incident. Uh,
3: excuse me. Um out at Teen Challenge we are blessed with a variety swing of swing
2: it over to you more there, buddy.
3: Out at Teen Challenge we are blessed with a variety of different flavored students. And uh At any one given time, there'll be five or six standing in front of the window with uh, numerous questions, such as, someone I believe has stolen my pen.
2: And they're very upset.
3: Yes. And they're looking at me like I'm to answer this with some revelation of where their pen has gone. (laughs) And my usual is, why don't you check your back pocket? And so we just get a lot of that kind of variety of question. And uh, the topic of emotional sobriety, I guess I'm going to go off on this on my own right here. For yeah, a no, that's fine. All right. Uh, I'm brand new. I'm about a couple years sobriety into my life here. And uh, I'm not afraid to say that without Christ in my life, I wouldn't have that sobriety. Uh, I have, over the years, had plenty of ingrainment into my characteristics of where I loved a future trip, and uh, I love to let the little things bother me. So uh, recently, the Lord has lifted the compulsion to drink out of me, but uh, it still leaves me with these character flaws and everything else. So there are days that my emotional sobriety is attacked by mere little comments such as, "Do you know where my pen is?" or "What time is uh, the service today?" It's Which been the, the same time, it's for the four same weeks, time for right. six months. Okay, so just the little thing. He's getting so much better. Uh, it r- really is, and especially since I understand uh, emotional sobriety. Money. I've taken that little, the simplified version that you have, and hung it on my wall, and right. I look at it daily because it it really is. I've got. I have got to practice being emotionally sober during this journey of my life and forever i don't believe it's ever you're never going to reach that fully uh pinnacle of emotionally sober i've made it you know there's always going to be things that uh that bother us and wear on us and and it's not anything right now that would ever cause me to drink but it still robs me of a little bit of um the joy i suppose Mm -hmm. I, i i don't know but uh, it's it's all brand new to me i listened to a gentleman last night i i plugged in a an aa speaker meeting tape and i forgot his name tom d or somebody like that but he had a beautiful southern accent and i listened to him till i fell asleep talking about emotional sobriety so uh to me it's a brand new term uh it's it's not it's not anything that is uh scary to me uh, getting in touch with my feelings right it, it's it's good i'm just uh Little things can still, even big things, set me off a little bit. But uh, I'm I'm stable, I believe, as I can be right now in this time of my life.
2: Yeah, About you cr- you credit that to the power of God. In your I life. do.
3: Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't going to say the God word out loud. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I've tried it on my own for years. You know, I sick and tired of being sick and tired. Boom. That's it's. You hear the stuff at AA and and everything, and, and I've been around it, and you think I think, oh, that's stupid. I hear that all the time. Well, it's true. You know, I've tried and tried and tried. And the only thing that has worked is uh, me accepting the fact that I'm powerless over this. Right. I really am. Right. And with Jesus' help, I'm I'm walking a sobriety path now. And I'm learning a lot of my issues are uh, deeper than, you know, drinking was a problem. Yes, it is. But it's not my problem to the sense of some of the stuff I'm dealing with now. And it's beautiful. It's being brought to light. I'm excited about it so
2: yeah hey, amen why don't you chime in
0: oh
2: okay do you guys want
0: to no <laughs> <laughs> go for it Julie. i wanted to be nice um well i think like before i was the second one of what you said <clears throat> can you repeat that please the second part of yours
2: the uh, the definition of emotional dependency? Yeah. Yeah, the dependence of other people fulfilling one's expectations in order to be comfortable in one's own skin.
0: Yeah, until like a year from, like when I started the show, I was that. And slowly within the last year, i with the help of like, you know, God coming back in my life and all that, I right. realized that like, I'm putting up with stuff I shouldn't have to put up with mm-hmm. and you no, know, recently just enough is enough. And now I'm the second one of whatever you just said The I'm really struggling with that. But I mean, like even listening to him, I won't lie. like, I, I just like, got, I get this fire and I got to be like, okay, God, just take it away. I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I have no. And I was telling my sponsor, I was like, I don't know if that's just years of anger surfacing finally, right? Or what? But I can't keep, like, lashing out at him mm-hmm. because he will never understand.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's interesting. Uh, other people's behavior that keep us in emotional <laughs> intoxication, let's say, um, usually doesn't affect them. Much at all. They're not losing any sleep. We're the ones losing the sleep. You know. And what I've discovered in my own walk in emotional sobriety is once again, it is a realization that without God, I'm even powerless over how I respond to other people's actions. Mm. I will respond in a very flesh-like, human-like way, demanding my rights this isn't fair. God, don't you understand my circumstance? Why don't you answer my prayers? Why don't you take care of this guy? He's a horse's batuti, you know, in the whole nine yards. Um and, and see re-
0: that's what I'm trying not to do now. Right,
2: right, me too. And, and so it's a daily but it's a daily thing for me. I yeah, I, okay. I have to call I have to call on God to help me be emotionally sober throughout my day. And sometimes when the guy at the window with the pen, mm-hmm. and I've had it up to here, with 500 people complaining about the pen, you know, I, I have to say, you know, God, I, I, I really, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just about ready to blow a gasket here, and I don't want to relapse <laughs> into mo- emotional intoxication. I want to be emotionally sober. Yeah. Um, and what I'll do, too, yeah. is go to the part in
0: the book where it says he's sick, too. How would we treat a sick friend? Right. And then the controlling thing after that, and you're like the I think it's page five something. But I read those two things and it kind of calms me down. But it's not easy. It's like people hear it be like, oh, give it to God. That's so easy. It's not.
2: Well, it's a nice platitude.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. But there's a lot more to, you know, give, giving it to God than just saying giving it to God. Bruce, you want to chime in? Or Marv, either one? Well, you've got to be able to
5: have the belief that God is really doing something about it. You do.
2: So if you don't have that, <clears throat> yeah. There isn't going to be there, an emotional sobriety going on. So and, go ahead.
5: and there's reasons why that happens in people's lives. And we talked about it a little bit before the program. Yeah. <clears throat> Different things that go on, different experiences that people have block the ability to believe that God is really going to work in their lives and and um, so you end up with platitudes, right people telling, "Well, just do this or just do that and and uh, meanwhile your your heart and your soul are being torn apart because of
2: these other reasons, sure. <clears throat> So it's not really helpful when somebody says, well, just just pray harder. Just,
1: I, just I've believe tried more.
5: It, yeah, I've tried it. It don't work. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I uh, – You know, I uh, – Go ahead, Mark. Go,
5: well, I, I just think it. this stuff uh, – I feel, kind of feel like a hypocrite even talking about it because I have uh, so much uh, unrest – going on in me and have had for quite a while and and so when you told me the uh on the phone what the topic was going to be i thought man alive how can i uh, talk about this i don't have a clue really Uh, i guess i do but i it's not working Um, well you're not alone
2: at all there are times when my emotional sobriety W- looks like a DUI. <laughs> right.
0: You know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> and that was and,
0: me till this morning. It,
2: it, it it's it's a daily thing. I I just you know, there are some days. So I, so I got a phone call a couple of weeks ago from somebody, and my emotional sobriety went right out the window. I I mean it just. Pfft. And thank goodness for my wife who was able to kind of reel me back in and tell me to breathe and take a breath you know and, and calm me down um, but I was not I was not an example of emotionally being emotionally sober that's for sure um, and once again I was reminded how how needy I am for his power in my life because what I was trying to do is I was trying to take over. You know, don't you know that I can control this? Which is, when, whenever I think I can control it, that is a denial of of the powerlessness that is in my. You know what I mean? I don't believe I'm powerless. When I think I can control it, I don't believe I'm powerless. And now I'm in. Now I'm in trouble, Bruce.
1: Well, I've been sitting here thinking about this thing, and I think it's even bigger than we're talking about. And mm-hmm, yes. I don't know that we can touch it. I know that where I'll go with this is what bothers me one day, Yeah, you know, I mean, what doesn't bother me one day, the next day bothers me. Mm-hmm. And it just amazes me. And I have a spiritual advisor that tells me if I could just start to look at these things as opportunities. Mm-hmm. Opportunities.
3: Very
1: good. That's definitely- it's very good. You know, to... Uh, Draw closer to God and to trust Him. I think it's vitally important that we learn that the road to sobriety for most of us has been through our spiritual lives. And to stop dependent upon a secular way and go with spirituality, you know, to learn to walk with God, not just believe in Him, but get to know Him you know, on a daily basis yeah, uh, is just upside down and backwards to anything that we've ever done. People want us to go out and work on this conduct and this emotional sobriety and, and change it. And we found out we couldn't. Sure. You know, we needed his aid. And that was the blessing for us. Yeah. It really, really was. And here's the part that blows me away. As much as he's already done for me and how he's entered into my life and took this obsession away, and, and I don't want to use to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, he's done this for me. you know, I still look into other things to trust in other than him. Right. And this is simply put uh, learning to trust him in everything, you know, the circumstances might not change hmm But our spiritual walk might, right? You know, God doesn't always take the the pain away. No. You know what I mean? No. He uh, helps us go through it and to uh, trust Him more. Mm-hmm. You know, and we found out when we reached the other side that He's been with us the whole time. But it sure don't seem like it in the middle of it. Why do you think we need one another? to mm. To help one another, to edify one another, to you know, it, it, during these times, you yeah. know, it's important for us to be there. But we're not supposed to be there thinking that they're to transfer their dependent off one thing to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So it, it's just vitally important. I I don't, you know, because I'm still the emotional misfit that I was. Sure. Now I don't rage like I used to. Somehow I've I've that's been set aside. So I I think he's he's changing me more and more. But I still can't believe in my living situation what I didn't bother me one day the next day I'm ready to pack my stuff and get out of there and you know what I mean? And these people are crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and another day it doesn't even phase you. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that if I went on those decisions, money, right, right. If we obeyed our knee-jerk reactions, we would be all over the map. Yeah, and and I and I think I'm a godly man, but they're there. Yeah, it's who I am. Yeah, and all it shows me is the importance. But when it's happening, you can't talk to me. Somehow I've got to to get through that or turn and understand that he's there, you know, and and make the decisions based on biblical principles instead of what's going on (laughs) in my little head.
0: (laughs) That's why I love Bruce. He's so honest, like, I needed that.
2: Yeah, he's the Me Too guy. He's the guy, you know, that says, you know, Me Too, I get it. I'm a mess. And this is where we talk about the playing field is level at the foot of the cross, you know, yeah. uh, our positions are, are, are secure in him, but our condition is so messed up and it it wavers from day to day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it depends on, can de- well, can depend on what we're putting in our bodies as far as nutrition goes. It can depend on the weather. It can depend on other people's behavior. It can, it, 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 there's all sorts of things
1: going on. It's, it's huge. It's, it is huge. And I think that somehow, sometimes I think that <laughs> addicts and alcoholics these emotions and these things to the ninth degree.
4: Yeah.
2: You know? So I'm going to give you an example of of somebody that reeled themselves uh, through the power of God reeled themselves back in to make a decision that was better than the one they wanted to make. And I'm not going to mention his name. He's, a, he's an avid listener to this show. Uh, this gentleman had written me some time ago And he was considering uh, no longer attending a Celebrate Recovery meeting because of what somebody had said to him in regards to his political views. And he uh, he was very offended and uh, very hurt by it uh, and decided that or was going to make the decision not to go back. And my statement to him was, don't give that person that much power, you know, don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, and and he decided not to do that. He decided to go back and he was glad that he did. Um, But I've been there. I, you know, I, I've pulled up to 12 step support meetings before and seen somebody's car and thought to myself, you know what? I, do I really want to put up with this today? And fell into the emotional dependency realm where I was, I was dependent on, on, on other people's actions and behaviors or what I perceive they might be before they ever even did them, turned around and drove off and very possibly missed something that could have been a very beneficial to me. Um, I, I've done that. You know, I, I, I haven't done that in a long time um but there was there was a period of time at a local 12-step support meeting that I was very hurt and Bruce knows about that period of time and I I had declared to Bruce I'd gone to him and says you know what I don't think I'm coming back and I don't know if you remember this Bruce but Bruce said you know when the time for you to to be able to leave is when you're not angry anymore and and uh, so I I kept coming back and one day it was like I wasn't angry anymore I, I wasn't basing my my joy on other people's behavior and what they were saying in the meetings or or whatever at that meeting anymore. It was that wasn't a prerequisite to whether I came or not. And then it was okay to, to shift and find a new home group, and it was all right. And I remember you telling me years later, you go, "I think it's okay now because you're not mad anymore," and I, and I'm not. But I was so emotionally dependent on what other people. We're going to say or what my perception of them was of me, real or imagined, for me to be comfortable sitting in that room. And that's not on them. That's on me. You bet. That was on me. And God had to walk me through that you know, and and teach me that. And and today I run into people all the time that I don't necessarily see eye to eye with. And I don't have to go down the other aisle in the grocery store. I can go down that aisle and and say good afternoon. Yeah, I I can talk to them. I can be who I am without apology. And their perception of me doesn't really matter much. But that's taken a lot of work. And I'm still not perfect at it.
1: Yeah, I think that what people don't understand is when you take a look at yourself. Yeah, it's not that the knowledge of what we see and find when we we take a look at ourselves is going to make us all right, but now we understand our need for God in our lives. Right, because if we're doing this properly and we're taking a look at ourselves, you know, then we're going to seek Him with like He was like I like to say like He's a diamond ring. And not an old shoe. Not an old shoe.
2: <laughs> so, so Denver, uh, swing the mic over to Denver for a minute, because I want to ask him uh, something. So, uh, Denver, as as an intern at a faith based drug and alcohol men's discipleship program of thirty five plus people, when you include interns and and students,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you live on the property. So it's it's one thing to be able to go home at night away from the center <laughs> for you that is your home um, so you have ample opportunity to fall into emotional dependency and your your feelings and everything um, being you know the enemy of your soul would just love to get you riled up yes yeah, sir sure. you know but 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 you do a pretty good job of, of being stable in that from what I have seen but I know it gets to you sometimes Um kind of, that's a, that's a challenge, right? Because you're around it constantly. Uh,
3: most certainly. Uh, I, I'm an intern fresh. I'm only six months into an internship there. And when you're on premise, you pretty much step, when you step out of uh, your door wherever you're staying, Right. Uh, you're on duty. So even we, when you have a day off. Even when you're on a day off. Yeah. And, and I right now don't mind volunteering to help because we are understaffed and uh, there are things that need to be done. So um, my emotional sobriety, and like I said, I'm just learning the true definition of this because I I didn't even really touch on it. My feelings uh, do not get in the way like they used to. But like we said daily, I have to cry out and just say, Lord, I need a break from this so uh i do take my time and step away from the facility find a place to hide if you want to call it that yeah and, and just rest with him for a bit you know uh, i don't knee jerk and react to uh, situations like what i did when um uh, a few years ago we'll say you know i would handle the situation right then and that's that's not healthy for anyone involved especially myself yeah so uh, i take it i meditate on it i pray uh, and just spend some time with God before I react and I it's funny I love all these guys they're frustrating as heck <laughs> it, it just uh, the Lord has blessed me in a season of growth for myself through this this is I'm helping them but I'm growing tremendously I feel you know I, I wake up and I'm just thankful every day for the Lord the opportunity to get to uh, maybe help minister to these guys through their situations and Uh, my sobriety, uh, I'm maintaining. Right. You know? Right. uh, It's every day. You got to adjust it. You just have Mm -hmm. to, but it's good.
1: What interests me about that is, do you ever have situations or emotional upheavals that are so strong that it takes more than just a few minutes or or an hour away from, you know, the situation to meditate and to pray? About the situation because I have people in my life and I've had things in my own life where sometimes it takes a little while to get through that.
3: You spoke of something earlier of uh, having others to bounce this off of. That's very important for me. I work with uh, I work with money. I work with a good group of people, and everybody's been through that program. Yeah, it takes more than not everything's fixed with a a three minute you know timeout or whatever it's called. Uh, Yeah, sometimes it takes days to dwell on this, but having another support group there with you that probably understands better than anyone else, because all of us have been around this program and or through this program, uh, really does help.
1: Yeah, I don't understand too well when I'm the one going through the pain.
3: Well, correct. It's not. Because you're in a fog. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the pain. Most certainly. But uh, like I said, having others around that I can quickly get to bounce off, and I, I'm not not the person I used to be. This knee jerk react person. You yeah, know, I, got, I, I got that. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I I can sit and look at the person for a little bit. Now I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm thinking, all right, I got to think about this for a minute here. You know, it's bigger than a pen question. What you're asking me, because they come in with issues that are real, and. uh so I and I have always been one in my trade that I did and everything is to take my work home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I really still do that. Yeah.
1: yeah, because some of these guys coming in still have families, you know, and I'm talking about children and wives. Oh really you bet. Know, not just mothers and fathers. You they're know.
3: they're in the middle of a family member passing, they're in the middle of uh a, finding out somebody wants a divorce or their kids are not well or something's going on. So everything they bring to you uh, is a privilege in that that you get to share and and be a part of their life on that. But it is taxing, you know. It's it's difficult to let go and uh, let go for the moment because you want to jump in and fix. And we've learned uh, through <laughs> the class that we do, we don't fix people. We support people. Yeah, right. It's, it's not <laughs> right. my job to fix them. Right. And I want to <laughs> fix them. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's not my job. Yeah, and I want to
2: fix you yeah. because you're making me uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not
3: happy with you about this situation. We
1: can't fix ourselves
2: yet.
5: We want
3: to fix everything. Exactly. Else. I want to jump in there and get you fixed so yeah, that I'll yeah. feel better about me. That's but, good. Yeah, to step away from it is difficult, most certainly, and especially being there on site. But uh, praise God, I'm learning to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, I have good support where I'm at for myself also.
2: Yeah. Amen. Right on. We're out of time. I'm going to buy quick. Too
3: quick, fast. Zippity doodon.
2: Fast. Zippity A. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> it,
0: it was nice to be back, I will say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I missed my favorite hour of the week. <laughs> that, that was a heifer. Was that, was that a heifer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Try the heifer with the
1: bop bop bop. Bop 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 bop. I
0: miss this. Oh, I do want to say thank you, Bruce. I asked God to uh, show me a message today, and you did that. I'm good, Christ. I'm good. Shut up now.
1: (laughs) Thank God. Uh, All right. All right. Our
2: closing uh, song this week is by Kelly Z. Uh, Kelly's Lot is the group. It's called Say Yes to a Better Life. And uh, listen, everybody, uh, we, we love you. This emotional sobriety isn't something that, that you attain and you're done with. Uh, it's something that's got to be renewed on a daily basis, sometimes several times during the day. So mm. remember where your power is. Uh, it's not in your little finger. Uh, it's in the God who is God. And so here is Kelly close closes out with Say Yes to a Better Life.
4: God, day to day, say yes to things ahead, bring your peace of mind, you deserve the best you got, each and every time, oh, say yes, yes to life. The place to start Say yes go and make a choice Turn your life around No one else can do that for you That's the truth I found Oh, I say yes Oh, I say yes Yes, a lie You're stronger than you know If you reach out for life That's where you'll go oh. It's choices that you make, my friend, take you where you go. It's up to you. It's what you do. That's the truth I know.
2: Kelly Z. Until our next broadcast, this is the gang, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye bye now. This has been a broadcast of Take Twelve Recovery Radio and KHLT
0: Recovery Broadcasting.
4: Oh yeah! Make that coffee black. Kitty, 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 kitty.